Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm happy you joined us on our episode today entitled Kingdoms Colliding. Kingdoms Colliding. I'm recording this on Sunday, May 31st, and you can understand in your mind on May 31st, 2020, some of the things going on around the world, and especially in America. What I record in these podcasts, especially over the last several weeks and months, couple of months, are not the, the topics are not to scare you, but to prepare you. Now, I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is risen, righteous, and he's returning. And Jesus is not coming back to take sides. He's coming back to take over. This takeover Satan and his world system does not like and oppose with every fiber of their being and every ounce of their strength. So my advice to you, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, is you better buckle your chin strap for what's coming. What we're seeing the beginnings of are two kingdoms on a collision course. And I don't mean like Jay-Z and Lincoln Park. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it doesn't matter. But there are two kingdoms warring, and they're on a collision course like two gigantic freight trains heading toward each other on the same track. Well, Pastor Ed, what are those kingdoms? Well, it's pretty simple, really. It's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. There is no middle ground. Right now, in this moment, as I record this, or this moment as you listen to this, you are either right now in the kingdom of God, or you are in the kingdom of Satan. Now, what are we talking about when we talk about these two kingdoms? Well, I think the kingdom of God is probably pretty obvious to everyone. It's it's the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ right now in our hearts and obviously in heaven. And then eventually his kingdom is literally coming back to take over this earth. So whether you agree with that or understand it or not, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the kingdom of God. But what about the kingdom of Satan? What What in the world do I mean when I say that? Let's let Jesus explain this. In John chapter 12, verse 31, Jesus says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. So Jesus is referring there to, obviously, a ruler of this world as opposed to his world that is being cast out when Jesus spoke this in John 12, 31. To put it further, he says in John 14, 30, Hereafter 
I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. And he was referring there to the fact that Judas would betray him. And, and basically, when Judas came to betray Jesus, by that time, Satan had already literally indwelt Judas. And so you could see that warfare taking place even right there, the two kingdoms. In John sixteen eleven, Jesus said of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. So he's talking about his massive victory over Satan. You see, Jesus has already ultimately won the war, but his victory is yet to be completely enforced in this kingdom that Satan rules. Now, if all of this is a little unusual to you, and by the way, in the location where I'm recording, you may hear activity <laughs> outside where I'm recording. Just ignore it. It's not sound effects. Um, Jesus inspired the Apostle Paul to write these words, and this will help you understand this a little better. Because many of you have been raised in religious traditions where what I'm talking about, you've never heard of. Even if, you, even if you are a believer in Christ, many churches and pastors do not get very much into this, or if they do, it's not, you know, not extremely deep. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the Apostle Paul was inspired by God, by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus Christ to write these words. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So we see here that Satan is the, is the God of this world system. And one of the things he does is he just absolutely blinds the average person to the truth about Jesus because he doesn't want them to be saved. Or do you see that? 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Here's one other verse that explains this a little more. Paul also writes this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me give you an example uh, that will make sense to you. Before I was a Christian, without realizing it, I operated the way the world thinks things should go. But when I got saved, a new way of thinking came into my heart and mind from God. Now, if you're not a Christian today, you're not even aware of this. Because even though you think you have free choice, and to some degree you do, you are still living within the atmosphere that permeates your heart, mind, and thinking so that if the world is all upset about something right now, then you are too. 
<laughs> if it's something else tomorrow, then you'll, you'll be all over that tomorrow. So I'm going to explain that a little more in just a minute. If you're a Christian, you can look back at the time before you came to Christ and see how you thought about life and you thought about things and then you got saved and you had a new way of looking at life and a new way of thinking. Well, the reason someone who is not a Christian thinks about things that that is differently than God would have them think about it or view things is because they are under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. They are under the the uh, influence of the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And that's Satan. This, this world system is his kingdom. Now, he's not going to keep it very long. He's in rebellion. Jesus is returning to absolutely crush Satan's kingdom. So I hope that part makes a little more sense. So I have some good advice for you. Once, several years ago, at the beginning of the global war on terrorism, the Iraq phase of that, I saw a car on, uh, on an overpass at an expressway, and it had a huge sign. It was a truck, actually. It had a huge sign on the back and an American flag, and it said, This is war. Choose a side and stay on it. And I, I thought, man, that is priceless. Now, I would say that to you. This is a war that we're in. Choose a side and stay on it unless you need to switch to our side. Then you can come over here. And I'm going to tell you, if you'll stay listening all the way to the end and you realize you need to switch sides, I'm going to tell you how to switch to our side. But you have to wait till the end and it won't be long. Now, another thing that I would emphasize very clearly for those of you who are believers in Jesus Christ is if when you got saved, if people told you that this was Disneyland, they were wrong. This is not Disneyland. It's a battlefield. This is not Starbucks for you latte-sipping saints. It's a star chamber that is a place of, of, of oppression and war. So why do I say all of that? And Again, even if you're a Christian today, you might be thinking, I've never heard all of this. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you needed to have been reading the Bible all this time, and this wouldn't be news to you. But anyway, since, since we know from research that like almost no professing Christians ever read their Bible, which makes me wonder, are they really Christians? But I'm not getting into that today. But I'm just saying if the truth is, most people who say they are Christians never, ever read their Bibles. That's like uh, signing up a young man for the Marines, giving him no training, and dropping him right into battle. It's not going to be pretty. If you're a Christian, you need to get into the book. What book? There's only one book, baby. That's the Bible. Get into the Word of God and start growing so that you can be a useful soldier in the king's army. That would help immensely. Now, 
Let's talk about what it said in Ephesians 2.2, the course of this world. What it What is that talking about? Well, the Germans have, and I've lived in Germany before, the Germans have a word, zeitgeist. It's the spirit of the age, zeitgeist. Say that with me, zeitgeist. Hey, whip that on your friends this week. They're going to think you have turned into some kind of brainiac, right? It means the spirit of the age. And let me give you examples. And and when I do this, this is going to click in your brain for a lot of you because you're going to go like, hey, yeah, you're right. The spirit of the age might be something like Russia, Russia, Russia. Then it changes. The spirit of the age is all about COVID-19, shutdowns, quarantines, lockdowns. And then it changes. It might be about George Floyd and whatever comes next. It's the spirit of the age that almost everybody is sucked into whatever. And it'll be something different two weeks from now or a month from now, or a year from now. The point is, why is it like that? Because that's the course of this world. And of course, it it changes like a kaleidoscope. But the world is just led along from point to point, almost mindlessly. And why is this the case? Well, many people would point to the, the, the common... Uh, enemy on this kind of thing, that'd be the mainstream media. And I'm with you on that. But it's way deeper than that. They don't even really know why they do what they do. This world system, it's media and everything in it, politics, even to a greater and greater degree, religion, The this world system is under the influence, the leadership the control of the prince of this world, and that would be Satan, who has his own little rebellious kingdom right here on planet Earth. Everyone, because of sin, is born into the kingdom of Satan. And the only way you get out of the kingdom of Satan is by being born again into the kingdom of God through faith personally in Jesus Christ. But before we get to that of how you change sides, I want to give you some examples of the the course of this world, the spirit of the age, the zeitgeist that sucks people in. And I'm going to give you this example, true reality versus the narrative. And by narrative, I mean the storyline, what people who put forth a story want you to believe. And probably you'll recognize this, and it may alarm some of you when you start to realize how influenced you are and you haven't even known it. Remember, there's two kingdoms, and you are under the influence of whichever kingdom you are in. 
Let me give these examples of true reality versus the narrative. If you are addicted to continuous TV drip from CNN, MSNBC, all the alphabet broadcasting companies, you know, digital influence from Google and Yahoo, etc., then you are emotional and you are terrified right now and probably wearing masks and gloves and you're hopeless and you're jobless and probably live in a blue state that looks more and more like a prison riot, especially in the cities. Wow. Now, that's, that's how, and I hope you're feeling this, that's how some of you are because I just described exactly how you feel and exactly how you're thinking to the degree that you do because Satan and the kingdom of Satan, they don't want you thinking. They want you emoting. Now get that. So true reality versus the narrative. Let me give you another example. If you are open to news, and I use that with quote marks around it, if you're open to news from a variety of viewpoints or you take in little to no news and you make your own assessments by what you see and know to be true, you may or may not wear a mask and gloves, but you are rational and logical and hopeful and are willing to take precautions against COVID, for example, but you trust God to guide you, help you, and keep you. That's an example right there of true reality versus the narrative. And it's, it's kind of become humorous to me. Now, early on in the whole COVID thing, I mean, I, I have an open mind. If, if the, quote, experts tell me we're all about to drop dead, then, okay, I'm willing to consider that. And I have worn a mask and gloves for a while, but you know what? The longer this rolled on and I use my mind and I thought things through, I'm, I'm thinking, wait a minute, don't wear a mask, do wear a mask, don't do this, do this, and then it changes next week. And I'm looking around me and I'm seeing, I don't see anything these people are freaking out about. And, you know, we can get into all of that. And, and we've done that a little bit on previous episodes. But the, the point I'm making is this. If you deal with true reality and you don't let others tell you how to, to see things and think about things and you use your own brain heart and mind, and you are informed by the Word of God, then you're going to be more rational, logical, and hopeful because reality teaches you not to be terrified. Now, if this was the bubonic plague and they were hauling people out of houses hourly, <laughs> Everyone around you was dying, and, you know, you get what I'm saying, then, then it would be a different story. That would be true reality, right? 
And I know that there's pockets of that here and there, but it's it's just small areas. And this is not to minimize the people who have gotten truly sick and people who passed away. But it, it's I'm talking about the overall influence and spirit about this. Now, I I don't have a lot of time to go into the details. If you want to know more about what I believe biblically, prophetically is happening right now in the last several months for sure in the world, you can list, listen rather to any number of episodes I've done recently. And if you listen to several of them, if you don't understand this, it you will after you listen to it. You may or may not agree. I hope you will. But, but even if you disagree, you will understand a different way of viewing the things that are going on around you. Now, I don't want to get bogged down on that. Let's move forward. The kingdom of God. What that means is there's a new world coming, baby, and it's heaven. And it will eventually literally be heaven on earth when Christ reigns over this world. But not only is there a kingdom of God, there's a kingdom of Satan. And with the kingdom of Satan, there's a new world order coming that will be more like hell on earth. Now, do you see the two kingdoms that are on a collision course here? And you might be asking, as I record this on Sunday, 31 May 2020, with cities burning down and the news breathlessly reporting that all of this is going on. And again, it's really just small pockets of this in the large urban areas. The entire country is not rioting. But again, you're being played. Now, it does create the question, though, the feeling of why is everything coming apart in America? Well, because I belong to the kingdom of God, and I didn't always, I used to be in the kingdom of Satan, but I was born again into a new kingdom, the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. I actually see that when it looks like everything's coming apart, it's actually falling into place just like Jesus Christ predicted it would be prior to his return. Now, the question, though, has to be asked, why does it seem like everything's coming apart? And yesterday, driving around, this verse, I, I feel the Lord gave this to me. Exodus 1, verse 8. Exodus 1, verse 8. Now, this is after Joseph saved Egypt from the famine. It was, it was a long time after that. Joseph has been dead and gone by this time for a, for a long, 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 long time. But in Exodus 1.8, and what's ha- going to happen is Israel in Egypt is now going to be oppressed and put into slavery. And it says in Exodus 1.8, Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And I want you to zero in on those last four words of Exodus 1.8, which knew not Joseph. And this was the governing authority over 
um, the, the king, the new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Basically, his attitude was, Joseph who? God, God who? What an antiquated concept. Churches are not essential. <laughs> Is this starting to ring a bell now for you? You see, in America, whereas even though it was often just lip service, at least for a couple of centuries, people in political power in America, they wanted you to think they believed in God and all that kind of stuff. And they would say uh, quotes and things that made people think that. And some of them did, but probably most of them didn't. But anyway, the point was that there's never been a time in the past when political leaders would have dared to close churches. Well, there's a new king over Egypt. And that king does not know Joseph, and it doesn't know Joseph's God. Now, today is Sunday, May 31st, and the oppression stops today. Because all over this country... Churches, which, which get it, are just saying, hey, we're done with this lockdown business, and you can't arrest all of us. Today, churches are reopening, whether governors or mayors like it or not. The oppression stops today. But I think Satan doesn't want people to know about that, so... So let's get some riots going, regardless of the reason. And that can be um, covered over or hidden. But that's the real story today. That faith in God and faith in freedom as citizens in America is being asserted by Christians. Now, in our country we have gone from a Christian past to post-Christian in one generation. We've gone from a Christian memory to pagan materialism in one generation. Now, you either think about America one way or the other, and I'm going to give you two sentences. America was a God idea whose time had come. If you believe that, then there's a good chance that you are part of the kingdom of God. Not automatically, but you would be looking at America that way. We're not perfect, but God had a hand in our founding, and we acknowledge that. The other sentence is, America was a bad idea whose time is done. And some of you listening to this, because I advertise in places that that will invite you to listen, and I'm glad you're here. But if you think America was a bad place whose time is done, I would suggest to you that without even realizing it, you're not part of the kingdom of God. You are under the influence and leadership of Satan in the kingdom of Satan. Say, so well, that's a pretty pretty bold assertion. I'm pretty sure I'm right. I mean, I've done a lot of thinking about this. We're starting to hear things like we did in the 60s again. Bring it all down, man. Burn it down. 
always ask this question. If we bring it all down, if we allow it to all be burned down, what will replace it? Now listen carefully. The useful idiots, and that's a communist phrase for people that they dupe and use to do their work. The useful idiots in the streets don't know, but their handlers know. In other words, if we bring it all down, burn it all down, if you ask the average person throwing bricks through windows, they don't have a clue as to what should replace America. But the people who are orchestrating this, they already know what they'll replace the freedom of America with. And for sure, Satan knows. Now, America only works when Americans are responsible before God. America won't work when Americans are rebellious toward God. The kingdom of Satan is working overtime, collapsing our faith, our economy, our health care, our law enforcement, our government to clear the way for their new world order. Blue state or Democrat, socialist, progressive, controlled urban strongholds are are seemingly out of control right now. But it's also an illusion. You see, Community Organizing 101 has a saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. And also, it's become obvious to me that if they can't get a good crisis, they'll create one. Never let a good crisis go to waste. In Community Organizing 201, talks about leading from behind. Well, that's a really odd phrase, isn't it? Let me explain it to you. As I record this on Sunday, 31 May, the chaos you see in the streets of the large... Democrat cities in America is orchestrated and choreographed using many well-intentioned people that are upset about the, the George Floyd death. And they're, understand, they're, they're concerned about that. Not a problem there. But all of this is, is being used, they're being used without even realizing it. And many New World Order agitator groups like Antifa and so on are, are, are using them to further the idea of bring it all down, burn it down. Now, if history teaches us anything, it teaches this. Chaos is used to introduce control. Communists, Nazis, fascists, and progressives all use the same exact method. Create chaos in order to introduce control. 
Well, Pastor Ed, what can we do? Well, as Christians, obviously we can pray. That is the greatest thing we can do. But I believe also that when we are praying, God will lead us to discuss these things with others to help educate them. We obviously should be voting. We should use the influence that we have with government. We should use social media to enlighten the benighted. If necessary, we use nonviolent civil disobedience. And if it gets to that point that it could, then we suffer for the cause of Christ. And that's what we do. There are two books. Oh, no, here we go with books. I'm not much of a reader, Pastor Ed. Well, hey, you better become one. Because this, I can assure you of, the other side, they read. I'm talking about the handlers, the people who have an agenda of bringing America down. They're readers. Two books that I would encourage you to read as a Christian and even if you're not, I believe if you read these books, you're going to have your eyes open. They're both by a great teacher and author, uh, deceased now. They were both written in the late 70s, um, early 80s. How Should We Then Live is one book. How Should We Then Live? The second is A Christian Manifesto. You've heard of the Communist Manifesto. Well, this is a Christian manifesto. Both books were written by Dr. Francis Schaeffer. You can still get them everywhere you can get books. You should read those because it will explain like tomorrow's newspaper what's going on that we're living through right now, and it will blow your mind. Tyranny is on the way. Now, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here. <laughs> when it seems that everything is coming apart, it's really just falling into place. Jesus is coming for his church. My advice to you, if you're not a Christian yet, is you need to get saved. And if you are a Christian, you need to get busy. Well, let me talk for a few minutes from the Word of God with those of you who are slowly realizing I'm not a part of the kingdom of God because this guy's nuts. That's how you're thinking right now if you are trapped without realizing it in the kingdom of Satan. This is what God's Word says in Romans three twenty three: For all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. That is, we, we do not measure up to the standard of perfection that God has, that He is. We've all sinned. We just don't measure up. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 10, 8 through 13 says this, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. 
that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said in John 3, verses 16 to 20, these words, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. My prayer for you today, if you realize you are solidly in the kingdom of Satan, is that you would repent of your sin and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you would like to discuss this, if you have questions about that, if you are calling out to the Lord right now to save you, I want you to call 888-537-8720. If you will do this Mondays through Fridays during business hours, someone can answer your questions about Jesus Christ, the Christian life, being saved and living for Jesus. And you can also receive helpful information about all of these topics. Well, I thank you for listening today. I know we live in exciting times <laughs> and it draws us all closer to the Lord. But listen, when you feel like everything's coming apart, realize that it's falling into place Jesus is returning. Please share this episode in some way with others who need to hear it. They can find it at www.dredhill.podbean.com. It can also be found in many places where podcasts are available. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you richly is my prayer.